Hello, everyone. Hello. We are currently in Lafayette, Colorado, visiting my mom. And we're on the road um, teaching away from PAC for another four months, roughly. Yeah. And we're really excited about this this edition of the podcast, as we always are. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about energy. And we're not going to hopefully be kind of talking about uh, energy in the stereotypical kind of way that, that people do in the dog world. We're going to cover some different topics and, and different angles and stuff um, that aren't necessarily heard from maybe dog trainers or, or whatnot. So one thing that um, is big in regards to energy for us is just the general sensitivity and awareness of it. And what we mean by that is what we listen to, what we watch, what we, I guess, eat. <laughs> um, and then like how we influence our environment and also how the environment influences us in regards to our energy. For, for me, um, personally, I don't like violent movies. I don't like scary movies. And typically, I don't listen to music that has lyrics in it. Um, <laughs> if you do, they're like very PG lyrics. <laughs> very, very PG and like very kind of uplifting. Yeah. Um, or even like romantic, I guess you could say. <laughs> like songs about love and, and whatnot. And, and I guess... You know, I don't, I don't exactly remember when that kind of took hold because I definitely listened to hip hop and rap and rock and like just all sorts of, of stuff and like definitely digested quite a few movies that weren't the most um, uplifting. But at some point along the way, it changed. And <clears throat> when in regards to like even social media and stuff like that, like we don't spend a whole lot of time on social media. Uh, you know, we, we definitely grew up under a rock uh, as we were developing the gentle method and just working with dogs in general. And I guess, you know, that was a conscious decision, but I guess for me, it's really, there's just so much stuff out there. You know, you're just inundated with so many different types of energy. And, you know, coming back to music and even, you know, whether you're listening to the news or listening to this or listening to that, there's energy behind that. You know, it has an effect on you. Maybe you're aware of it, maybe you're not. But I'm definitely hyper aware of energy. I think, you know, listening to you talk about, um, you know, what you see through, like, in my eyes, I even think of like billboards in cities and just seeing advertisements and brands everywhere. Like that has an influence. And I think an indicator that I've 
picked up on is the way things make me feel. Yeah. That can be a good indicator of the energy behind something because energy is so amorphous. Yeah, abstract. And like you can't, you know, hold on to it. But by having something in your awareness or going into your body or into your ears or whatever, how it makes you feel is the energy behind it. Right. Or your eyes. Or your how, how you're how you're digesting things visually. Totally. And and so, you know, let's just let's just say use for an example um, words. Right. So when it comes to listening to things, whether that be music or whether that be a, a dog trainer, um, you know, we're very sensitive. And when it comes to that, we're just hyper aware of what we're saying based on how language has affected us or me, right? So I don't listen to music with lyrics anymore, right? And so that helped me kind of develop more of an awareness because it didn't make me feel great, you know? And I was just like, this this doesn't really make me feel great. And so that helped me develop an awareness of me being aware of what I'm saying, mm-hmm. how I'm talking about people, how, you know, the language that I'm using to describe people um, or dogs, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And... That development, I guess, just helped broaden, you know, or connect so many different dots, right? So my parents, when I was growing up, they they divorced when I was like eight years old. And I remember overhearing some of the conversations during that period of time Mm -hmm. about us. And it wasn't the greatest, you know, it didn't make me feel awesome as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but again, those were, that was the, the words that were being used and the energy behind them. Right. And again, coming back to that kind of expanding of, of awareness. Now, when we're around dogs, when we're around the pack, we don't talk about them when they are in our proximity, yeah. right? We're not going to talk about a dog and say that they're this or that, you know, maybe in a positive light, we'll talk about them, right? But we're not going to talk about their challenges or this or that when they're around in our proximity. Think- and And then we'll also... We won't have or we do not have heated discussions about life around the dogs as well. That's the dogs in our home too. Yes. Like that's not just when we're working. I mean, we have dogs around us all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So if you and I are having a conversation, I remember, I don't remember when it happened, but I remember there being some heated discussions, whether that was between you and me uh, back in the day or 
me and and somebody else that was on like on our team at the time, mm-hmm. right? And I think it happened like one time and then I was just like, this does not feel good. And these beings that we are working with are highly sensitive beings. And I just was like, I don't want to have these conversations ever again around them because they feel so hard. Well, I remember back like before the gentle method, even if one of us, and this was when the team was five people ish like some were driving some were maybe doing emails but let's say we had three people out for the day and if one person showed up and they didn't feel good you would just be like leave and you would take all their dogs be like i don't want this here yeah you still get paid for the day but just you need to leave yeah and that was like eight years ago when we were still like pretty undeveloped yeah it's like a zero tolerance policy when it comes to energy not being situated when we're handling dogs or when we're around dogs Mm -hmm. you know and i've heard other dog trainers talk about that you know where it's they're like don't cry in front of your dog don't show weakness in front of your dog and this and that and for me it's it's like it's it's kind of like how the standard that i kind of hold dogs to and want to elevate them to, I want to embody. Totally. And that's neutrality, right? So if I'm not neutral, I'm not going to be on the other end of the leash. Right. Right. Or if we're having a conversation or if something happens in life, if I didn't have the ability to kind of push it aside and put it in the background before work, then I would just be like, I, I, like go ahead and take these dogs, mm-hmm. right? Or I would just... Maybe I'd go meditate or I'd take a moment. Oh, I think we got really good at collecting ourselves. Yes. Like really good at being like, all of this stays at the door. Yeah. Even, and I remember one day I showed up to pack again, like 10 years ago. And I was super excited. I was in college, like maybe I'd graduated from something or I don't know. And I remember you saying that you're like, your excitement is the same as if you came being frustrated, like my overexcitement and like, just like, um, elevated energy level. I remember you being like, reflect on that because that will also have an effect on the dogs. Mm. Yeah. And I was just like, what, what are you talking about? Like the happier you are, the better, Mm -hmm. but it was, it's different than like, it's like it's not contained. It's mm. like there are no boundaries and you're just shooting it everywhere. And mm. the dogs are like, what is happening? And I noticed that they felt that. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know what way they took it, but. Yeah. And it's like, for me, in my observation and analysis, like how dogs process energy is like, it's just, it's a lot of them. It's just energy. They feel energy. And whether it's this kind of energy or this kind of energy, they feel energy. And then depending on their behavior or their development, right? they're going to take that the way that they take it. Right. Right. Whether it's good or bad. Right. Quote unquote energy. So for me, energy when it comes to dogs is like, it's just, it's a universal, whether it's on the good side or the bad side, it's just, it's energy period. Right. So 
if that energy isn't more neutral, isn't more kind of contained, then you you could um, be influencing your dog or dogs or a pack or et cetera, et cetera. Now, so that's interesting to me because, you know, when I hear, and I even said it too, like more contained, neutral energy. And it's, I don't know, it's odd because I feel like the feeling that I had, let's say, when I got the good grade or whatever back in the day, that being like really happy and excited, I feel like that is a different feeling than having like a wave of enjoyment or of more like bliss, you could say, within yourself. Because I feel like we still do project energy. It's not like when we're neutral, nothing is leaving us. Like we're still, it still comes out. And I feel like sometimes even it's coming out in, I want to say a bigger way, but it's almost like it's coming from a, a more grounded place instead of coming from this like overexcited place. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a dog that's super overexcited and super jolly or a dog that has a lot of enjoyment and peace and in happiness in life, mm-hmm. but it's coming from a grounded, understanding, aware place. Right. I guess the image that comes to my mind is more of like a an orb of energy as opposed to like a laser of mm. energy. Right. Right. Like... That that's kind of what comes to mind. Like when I see dogs that are like super collected and neutral, it's they have such an energy about them, mm-hmm. but it's not in this chaotic kind of way. Right. right. It's it's more harnessed and contained and mature. But that doesn't mean that the the bliss is gone. Correct. You know, it's not like you're you're saying we'll never be happy again, just be neutral. And like, I don't want it to feel like this dull thing because it's really dynamic. And yes. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not this dull situation, dull feeling or dull energy. There's a liveliness to it. It's just more collected. Right. So. It's almost it, uh, like. Almost like a. Like somebody shooting you with a squirt squirt gun of energy <laughs> and then somebody hitting you with a tidal wave of energy. Right. The, the, that's kind of the, 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 the feeling behind it, right? I think there's also intention behind it. Like when, you, when it's more chaotic, when it's more of a squirt gun, you, you don't know what's happening. It's just shooting out the left side. Right. It's going over there. You don't know what you're putting out there, how it's affecting your environment. Mm. Whereas from that neutral place, you ha- there's awareness of what you're putting out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way of, of putting it. It's maybe, again, I feel like when I've met or encountered dogs with it, which haven't been very many, um, it's almost like their energy goes, it's going out, but they're waiting for it to come back also. Mm. So 
it's not just this expression of energy outward. It's also this awareness that the energy is going, like they're aware of like, what is my energy doing to the environment? Mm. Right? Right. Because just watching more collected dogs or like just envisioning Juno, like he would put something into an interaction with a dog and he was hyper aware of what that dog was doing. Not in a fearful way, but he was like, oh, okay, you, your body language, you did this, your energy shifted, and I felt that and observed that. So I'm just going to continue or I'm going to leave you be. Right. Right. So there's, it's a, maybe it's a two way street of energy, right? Rather than just this one single lane <laughs> highway of you expressing your energy. Right. right. Where you're just like dumping it off left and right and not even not aware of like what you're leaving behind right. in your wake. And, and I also think that, you know, coming back to music, coming back to entertainment and media, it's, it's about maybe, maybe that is, um, something of importance when it comes to that awareness being aware of what you are putting out but then what you are digesting right right? so yeah that's yeah i mean that like a two-way street of energy yeah totally is important i want to go back to what you were mentioning about um like talking about the dogs around them Mm. Um, and just like some examples of that that have come to mind, like with a foster dog that we had in the past, we've had a handful of foster dogs and they're in a pretty sensitive place in their life because they're in limbo. They're not connected to like a family. Yeah. Like they're, they don't really have a root system of like love, you could say. Mm-hmm. Like we give them what we can, but we're not giving them our complete heart because they're fosters. They're not ours. Yeah. And we reserve that for when they do find a home. Yeah. We give them a lot. Yeah. I mean, we give them, <laughs> we like we give, give our pack members a lot. Like we, I think about yes. our pack members and I start crying. Yeah. But there's, there's a, there's a piece that's missing. And I yeah. feel like you and I are so aware of how of the place that they're in Mm. and we also need to talk about them because Mm -hmm. we need to figure out like where they're at and their their development homes that they may go into and any time in the past that you and i have talked about that when we have a foster dog we always leave the room yeah or if we're in the car or from the and car. something comes out we're like well, we'll we'll talk about this later yeah, yeah. or even like when juno is passing yeah you would not talk about him passing in front of him yeah or like or getting another dog or getting in another- front of a dog that died like it's just yeah. and that comes back to me over here in that conversation with my parents or conversations you know it's just i'm not gonna put on dogs that they're not aware enough that they're quote unquote dumb to not understand what we're saying. You know, they might not understand English, but I'm talking about the energy. That's what I'm saying. Like they're such feeling creatures. They're so sensitive and tuned into energy. And so that's why we've made that decision to not have conversations about dogs when they're around. Totally. 
Um, I mean, unless we're lifting them up. Yeah, or like sometimes we'll problem solve things. And we'll yeah. be like, where you know, should they be on a long line? Should they not? You know, should yeah. we be moving them like this or like that? Like we'll talk like that or like, oh, I'm seeing this change in so and so. Right. But especially those like more intense conversations that we'll have or yeah. like bringing a new dog into the family. I wouldn't even have that conversation with Stitch around. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those the the foster dogs. I mean, we really feel for dogs that are in limbo you know whether they're what just what if they're in limbo because i mean you just think about putting yourself in their shoes which we do often and like it's got to be a rough go because they know that we appreciate them we love them but they're not ours there's there's just this level of energy that's not there, totally. right? Because we didn't sign the papers. They're not sleeping in our beds. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're they're not quote unquote our companions. And then can you imagine like feeling that and then being surrounded by yeah. everyone else has that? Yeah, yeah. It's got to be really And tough. on top of it, like the ones we get usually have behaviors. Yes. Like, we don't get easy. We get like the, we're like the last resort fosters. So they also have all these other feelings inside of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's pretty intense. So, I mean, you like, I feel like you and we put a lot into the fosters we've had, but, and, and that takes a lot of time, but we're also like, how can we get there fast enough? So that they can get out of this limbo state, limbo state, yeah, and move into that next phase mm-hmm. of their life, yeah, yeah, and then you know when they do find a home, seeing them blossom, right, seeing them grow just from having that feeling, you know, right. that's been always something to really observe, right, um. You know, whether it's a dog that struggled with this particular thing, then they they get adopted. And we see them like months later and it's gone. Right. And the person didn't really work on it. Right. It just fell off. So, yeah, it's really, really powerful. Um, and just, again, something that we're been very aware of it's just dogs in our proximity you know and just beings in our proximity too period you know whether I mean, it is, we're sensitive to like the water in our proximity yeah. like it, we're like oh. we do i do love my water yeah so, so i want to i want to go back one more time yeah to um the language about dogs and something that we've heard from people in general is labeling the dogs certain ways like my dog is stupid my dog is dumb my dog doesn't have a lot going on upstairs and aggressive aggressive yeah etc a jerk like mean, like just like labels, labeling their dog, these things. And they can't get better, whatever. And a part of it is 
a huge it, it is the energy behind the words but it's also like the cre- it creates through the words we had a dog in the pack who was named rowdy and he was rowdy <laughs> in right. energy and i remember you being like maybe they should have named him turtle right you know where the the words you're putting out there it's energy but it inf- like you're saying it influences the it environment can. it can influence it can it. Influ- i mean obvious maybe from a scientific standpoint they haven't done studies or maybe they have so you can you can kind of see like if you name something something that it could maybe turn out to be name and form right like rowdy um or i mean you name your your dog Diablo or something like that, which means devil. (laughs) So it's it for us, we just like to be very aware of life and the energy behind it down to words. Yeah. I mean, and the names, but also the behaviors and like personality you're putting on them. It's kind of like, and there's this huge wave of people, you know, talking about affirmations and positive thinking about yourself and so we as humans are trying to like some of us are trying to rewrite our thoughts instead of thinking i can't i'm stupid i'm not good enough we're trying to say like anything's possible or i'm beautiful or whatever and it's the same with our dogs if we say our dog is stupid that's what we're putting out there and they're gonna feel that Right. Instead of having it be a little more open, a little more positive, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, it just, I think it comes back to that awareness. And if you, maybe you jive with what we're saying, maybe you don't, and that's that's cool. Um, But it's... It's just something that, that we have adopted pretty heavily in our life. That awareness of energy you know when it comes down to our training or dog handling rather and how we describe our techniques i guess you could say like we don't use corrections we the say, word we say a bump yeah yes it's also not a correction right yes but, but other people have looked at it and been like just call it correction Yes, there's definitely been quite a few people who come to workshops who have been in the dog industry for a long time and they just kind of push back like, why are you doing this? And why this are you is, changing the words? And this is why. Because okay. when we're handling dogs, we're not correcting a behavior. Like we don't correct dogs. We guide them. Right. We move them. We try to move their energy and guide their energy, not correct their energy or correct behaviors because that to me again like to put myself in their shoes and like how we handle dogs is how i would like to be handled if i was a dog (laughs) and i don't want to be corrected i want to be guided right right and you could say correcting a dog is guiding them yeah you could but it's just for us the feeling behind correction that word in the dog industry is just very abrasive to us Mm -hmm. and very abrupt and just not very conducive 
to more of a two-way conversation. It's more of a one-way conversation. That's just how it feels to us. And so we have since moved away from a lot of the language used in the dog world. Mm -hmm. we, we have adopted more of the vaquero style or natural horsemanship language of working with um, horses and applying that to working with dogs because there is more of this two-way street, two-way conversation of feeling and trying to feel the animal, understand the animal, rather than have the animal conform to what it is that we're looking for them to change into or morph into or overcome behavioral-wise or energy-wise. Well, like in this in this respect, you and I were talking about this recently. We were talking about words in the industry. I don't know, just kind of prepping for this. And something that had come to mind is the word crate and kennel. I was looking at one. I was like, what's just out of curiosity? I was like, what's the difference between a crate and a cage? And if you is this looking up the definition? Yeah, I looked up the definition, but I was looking at I it. I remember you looked up Google, you typed in Google searches and the same thing kept coming up, whether you typed in crate, kennel, or cage. Yeah. 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 I mean, there were like differing words, but the same images were coming up. I mean, it does look very similar yeah. to a cage, but people in the industry don't use that word because yeah, of how it feels. Right because of what is the history of the word and what is the function of the, the function word. of it exactly yeah. and so some you know so we may seem like we're just like people are might be like god just like give it a rest but right. it is something that happens for other people as yeah. well like people who might be rolling their eyes for the first <laughs> bit of this podcast might be like oh yeah, okay. It because it matters. Because if we started calling them cages, then people <laughs> might have have an issue with that. And right. that's therein lies our point, you totally. know. Totally. So Yeah, because the energy behind the word matters. And we don't call them cages because we know the energy behind it. Right. I mean, we also yeah. We don't use We don't use crates, crates. or kennels or cages or anything. Right. Um But yeah, that's 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 the point. <laughs> but it, but people in, in people kind of who may not know there are there are people are aware of it yes it's very sense it's a very sensitive taboo word to use in the dog world for right. sure that's, that's the point basically in a nutshell <laughs> <laughs> so we just do it all over the place yeah so go ahead and move on to another area of energy energy debt This kind of concept um, is is something that, that's come up in my mind more so as we have been traveling and observing more people um, across the U.S. who are kind of struggling with their dog and this behavior, that behavior, et cetera, et cetera. You know, for us, like if you... If we were to do like a board and train, for example, you you bring us a, a pretty tough dog, want to enter whatever behavior you want. Odds are, probability is pretty high that that dog is under 
exercised and does not understand the concept of what it means to be humbled to their core. Meaning, a lot of the dogs that we see have kind of built up this debt of energy. They have like, maybe they get out an hour a day. Maybe they get out two hours a day. And for a lot of dogs, that is just not enough to help them get to the level that, that say we would want them to get to. Because it's day after day, they maybe get out for an hour or two hours. That, and that's not rendering them completely full. Their cup is not completely full. And so there's like a little drop in the, in the debt box or debt jar. And then another day goes by and they still don't get complete fullness. And then there's another drop and another drop and another drop. And that adds up. And so there's some dogs where we, I'll hand, I'll just get on the other end of the leash and feel the dog. And I'm like, whoa, you have so much going on inside of you. And the energy, like I can look at dogs all I want and observe dogs and I can make some pretty good assumptions and observe, make some pretty good observations about behaviors and what this dog may need and this dog, et cetera, et cetera. But when I feel them mm. on the leash, that's when I, it's like, I know. With this debt that keeps piling up and piling up, that lack of fulfillment is almost that is the issue to the problem like that is the root mm. right mm -hmm. the energy debt the the lack of exp being able to express their energy and then have that be met mm -hmm. and then feel energy come back into them that's the root of these problems because again if you bring us a dog there's we're they're not going to have debt like we're going to <laughs> chip away at the that energy debt that they have day after day after day and that could take months there's some dogs that take months of us working with them you know depending on the frequency you know the pack goes out two times a week and we don't do board and train. So if a dog is with us for a very long time, they're a foster dog at this right. point. You know, that's, that's when they've been foster dogs and stayed with us for a year, sometimes over a year. Or it's a pack member and we chip away at it. Yeah, week. over months, but at a frequency of two times a week, right. you know, nine hours a, a day. It's really not until that is you kind of get rid of that debt that you really start to see a shift in the dog's energy in a more holistic way. Mm -hmm. They may learn this skill and learn this skill and et cetera, et cetera, but it's not this complete kind of 
energy. It's also not draining the dog. Yes, I'm not so talking about. We're not draining. talking about just like physical energy, and we're just like running them or walking them ten hours a day. It's that two way street of energy that I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah, you know where it's like because there's plenty of dogs that get exercise, but then they're just put back inside, and they don't have a guide really. You know, teaching them, guiding them, them feeling somebody feeling their energy and then giving energy and then them feeling that energy and giving energy back like that 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 connection that that flow of energy is so important to a dog's development and so if they don't get that day after day after day after day in our observation that's really what the dog is lacking is that that flow of energy that connection of energy to life right and or again, to, to a person too. It, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is life. But again, it, it, it that's why, and this is this has come up because we've seen, we've had dogs come to the workshops, um, who have impeccable obedience, but they still have stuff, you know. Yeah, totally. And I was always in my head, I'm like, well, why, if they're so titled. And they have all these medals and ribbons for their obedience from, right? from yeah, training. Yeah. yeah. Um, why is there still this lack, right? What is that? And I'm like, it's, I point the finger at this energy debt, mm. you know? And so over time, as you develop that it, and you, you, you enliven it, you know, you, you get rid of all of that. That's, when the magic really starts to happen for us when when you start to see more of a finished dog which a finished dog will go into at some point in, in a different podcast but a finished dog to us just doesn't have any issues period like they don't whine they don't bark they don't they don't have any issues <laughs> You know, like you put anything into their situation and they can process it and, and f- find and maintain neutral. And again, this isn't a dull dog either. Like, well, we'll we have gone into this or we will go into this. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is a whole thing. Do you think that. So when I'm listening to you describe this, this hypothetical dog it sounds very frustrating to me. Yeah, I on mean, the dog side. Yes, they're extremely frustrated because they don't have connection. Like they're just kind of like a almost like a chicken running around with their head cut <laughs> off. You know, they're they're experiencing life, they're moving through life, but there's not that connection of energy. Right. And that again just kind of like a foster dog in limbo. That probably just has doesn't feel very good right you know i mean they also like i'm not saying frustrated like dogs are probably the most forgiving to us as people like they'll just turn around and be like okay yeah like they're willing to make that change Mm -hmm. at any time so i guess that's not i'm not saying that they're like holding a grudge but yeah to have like feelings and desires and not be able to have them met or fulfilled have them met or fulfilled or heard or helped yeah and a lot of them like they don't even know what it is 
You right, know, like it's what like they're seeking. what they're seeking. Because again, they're so forgiving. Like the, they're so forgiving. Right. Like you can let, take a dog out for two hours a day and then they could be in their crate and they could be fine because they're fed, they're watered. They have a roof over their head. They have a backyard, maybe on the weekends that they get to run around in or they get taken places on the weekends and stuff. And then that, and then, um, that might be it. And they're very f- forgiving. They look, they look happy. They're wagging their tail and this and that. But they have all these behavioral things, you know. Right. But they might not bite you. They're still going to lick your face, <laughs> right. you know. So it can be it's it can be very deceiving what the issue is. Right. It's like, I'm going to bring my dog to this trainer to work on this behavior. And it's like, okay, cool. But there's, there might be quite a bit more going on underneath. So. Right. And again, it's not just exercise either. Because there's plenty of dogs that we see that, <clears throat> that get out a lot. I mean, they we hike have, a lot. Juno and Stitch did this. <clears throat> Juno and Stitch both had that experience. Right. Or like Juno went out five days a week and still had behaviors. Totally. Stitch went out five days a week and still had behaviors until we started addressing the other things. And that's when they completed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you say all the time where you're like, a tired dog is not a good dog. A tired dog is just a tired dog. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And... So, so that's another, another thing and energy (laughs) debt. And then let's talk about maintenance of energy. So for us, the way we work with dogs, um, is we maintain and feel their energy all the time. And what that means is, like if dogs or pack members are boarding with us and stuff and they need something at, in the middle of the night, then we're, we're going to be there for them. If we're traveling and they start freaking out, we're going to stop and be there for them. But we're always aware of their energy and where it's at until we know that we don't necessarily need to. And then that link is very small, very tiny, but it's still there. We're still observing. We're still feeling their energy. And that, I, for for me personally, it's more kind of along the lines of a toddler. Like you're not going to let a toddler be on the second floor of your house alone. You're going to have a link to them. Maybe they might be in the other room, but you're hyper aware energetically. Your senses are heightened. Everything's heightened because they're a toddler. They're not in sight, you know? Yeah, totally. And that's kind of how we we handle dogs. Definitely up front. Like you bring us a very sensitive, sour, salty dog. That's they're going to feel us all day. I mean, you bring us really any new dog. 
Yes. They're going to feel us all day because we're, because we're be, getting to know them. Yeah. We're going to yeah. f- be feeling them out. How did you respond to that? Yes. How did you feel about that person walking in? Yeah. Like, we're always hyper aware of that energy because life's always inputting energy, right? Whether you're a dog's in another room and a thunder goes off, like we're going to be aware of that. Like there's always that input of energy coming from who knows where because it's it's um, unchore- life is unchoreographed, right? And we're always aware of that energy when we have dogs in our proximity and even when, when they're not. Well, like you're saying, it's always going in, it's always going out too, like we've mentioned. So they're also putting things out there. Yes. They're also communicating. Yeah. How they feel, what's going on with inside of them. Like they're always communicating. Right. And so it's how it's both. Mm-hmm. It's what's going in and what's coming out. Yeah. And this could maybe sound pretty tiring for people, you know, because they're like, dang, like you guys are, you treat dog handling like they're literal children. And it's like, yes, we do. Um, and a lot of dog trainers do to a degree, like you, you spoon feed a kid, a child, like an infant, right? Some dogs you have to literally hand feed because they need that that development, you know? Right. And for us, because we handle dogs in this way, we feel them in this way, it, it is a lot. Because um, we're not just looking for behavioral changes. We're looking for fulfillment energetic fulfillment in the dog right not just a b c behaviors right like we're in this for enjoyment right that's why we work with dogs that's what we want them to do is enjoy life not just execute a b and c i mean i could Um, say that that's what they want too but i mean i'm not in their mind so i don't know i i mean (laughs) i think every being wants enjoyment in life and They might not know what enjoyment is. They might, I mean, a lot of people think that enjoyment is this and this and this and this and whatever it may be. Right. Um, so it's it's going to be different for everyone. But the for me, when I look to dogs, I can't help but project onto them that they just want to be able to move effortlessly through life and whatever is thrown at them. And I don't see why a human wouldn't want that either. Well, I think that we have experience seeing that with the dogs in our life is the the more that they transcend what's going on in their behaviors and the more their cup is full, the more enjoyment they feel. Yeah. And the more enjoyment we feel from them. Yeah the bigger their personality becomes and not, and like their true personality. Mm-hmm. But coming back to your talking about how exhausting it can sound. It is exhausting. Yes. It, it is. It, it like, is. Like, it, it's not like we're walking around being like one day you, you just won't, you know, have, you won't just 
not be tired when you wake up in the middle of the night to address a dog. Right. Like it is tiring yeah. because it is, you're, you're, you're it's always linked to that dog. Yeah. Like when we were in the van and I was holding the lead with Louie mm -hmm. in the pack, we had yep. a new pack member come in. He had dog reactivity. We could have put a muzzle on him. We could have put him away. We could have not accepted him. We could have whatever, but we took him on. We had him just on the slip lead and we did the whole pack day. We're driving the van back into Portland and I'm sitting holding his lead and having him having him work yeah so. and i remember looking at you and being like this is exhausting yeah that went on for months yeah. two months or something like that but it's like the reward i feel like what is hard is when you have when you when you're like man i have to put in all this work what is the reward you and I know what the reward is, and it yeah. is so worth it. Yeah. It is like beyond worth it. Yeah, because we don't, literally, we don't have to worry about the dogs. Like it's, yeah. it's a, that's just a moot point. You know, it's, yeah. you, we put so much energy into the relationship up front, and we don't miss any energy mm -hmm. output from the dog. We're always there guiding them are always there supporting them up front which is a lot just like raising a kid is a lot like go have a I, we don't have children <laughs> but like i see parents i see parents and i'm like dang that is a hard job yeah super hard job but most parents 90 percent are like it's so rewarding right and for us, it's the same. Like well, we put so much energy up front into the relationship and maybe don't get a lot of sleep here. And, you know, it can't go to this place because we have a reactive dog or an aggressive dog. But we put in the time so that we, we succeed and we get to that place with that aggressive dog. You right. Know? Well, um, and then it becomes like, 100% work becomes like 0% work. It, it really does. Like like with Stitch, I was thinking about this. I put in like maybe two to three years. Three because we were developing the gentle method around there of like really solid work. Mm -hmm. I've had five years of just like. Complete effortlessness. Complete enjoyment yeah. all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. So worth it. Yeah. Yeah, and with the pack, you know, like unless we're onboarding a new dog, all the dogs are off leash. All we're the just time. <laughs> literally looking at the birds chirping, looking at the flowers blooming, like swimming with them in the river. <laughs> it's yeah, and there's no nothing that happens. There's no scuffle. There's no right. none of it. Right. There's know? no so, fear of the unknown. Yeah, we're not we're not walking around with that fear. Right. Or of that potential, you know, right. it's just, we've so intimately learned a dog's energy and they've so intimately learned ours that we just know each other. Yeah. And they're like, we know that when we're with you, we are good to go. We can just literally enjoy. And that feeling is so remarkable totally but we're cole and i both are not going to sit here and be like that's easy 
it's much easier just to go and get ABC behavior. <laughs> what, <laughs> like, did, what did like what did Buck say at his last workshop? He said like the uh, the hard route is the easy route or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Where it's like you, yeah, it's the hard route, but it's the easiest route because you'll get to the end. Rather than using gimmicks and this and that, because he said that's not reliable. You're not going to create a reliable relationship if right. you're using gimmicks to get what you want because it's based on something that could be gone, you right. know? And like, it's kind of like climbing a mountain. We're like, yeah, we climb the mountain. But then we get to the top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. We don't get stuck mm -hmm. on the mountain. Right. We don't f get stuck in like a trail loop. Yes. We we always get to that top. Right. Um, and I, I think also, I think we understand what it takes. And we set ourselves up to be able to do that. Yes. So we're not going to take on a bunch of foster dogs. We're not going to take on a bunch of new pack members. We're going to do it very intentionally one at a time. Yes. So that we can give them 200% of yes. our energy. Yeah. And because we're hyper aware of what it takes mm -hmm. and, you know, how draining it can be. Mm -hmm. um, and just what it feels like. Like we know what it feels like to have one reactive dog in your house. Yeah. And to live with that or yes. two or three or whatever. But when you can, when you multiply and multiply and multiply that, that energy is going to have effect on the humans in the environment mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. I mean, and just the environment itself. And the environment itself. Um, and so like when we look at like some of our really good friends, they have so many dogs and, you know, we don't really bat an eye about it. We're not like, oh my gosh, this or that, and we'll go and spend <laughs> no. time. You know, it's not something that we're judgmental of because energy. We're not going to judge people <laughs> because I don't want that energy coming back. So it's just, it is what it is. And you don't want to put just, that energy out there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, but we, we do feel for people like that because if you don't, if you've got a situation that energetically is a lot mm. because of the dogs that they have or, or the setup that they have, et cetera, et cetera. We feel for them because we know how challenging that can be. Yeah, we know. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. Yeah. And like learning how to manage your energy in that and find a good path forward is like super challenging. Yeah, so let's talk about sitting. Okay. So dogs sitting. We haven't asked dogs to sit for many, 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 many years. And I don't think we've gone over this in, in a podcast before, but one of the reasons for that is energy and being able to see with most dogs the energy that they are able to either hold and contain or not so much. And when you ask a dog to sit, <clears throat> you're turning off quite a bit of your ability to see what the dog is expressing. You know, 
if you have a really excitable dog that's wagging their tail, which is a picture of a golden retriever coming up to you, right? They come up to you all jog, like um, jolly and wiggly and whatnot, and you ask them to sit. Like All that goes away. Mm-hmm. Maybe their tail is wagging on the floor or whatever, but you see it dissipate quite dramatically. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly why we don't ask dogs to sit is because we want to move their energy and guide their energy to neutral and actually see that it's neutral rather than asking a dog to sit and having the guise that the dog's being good and they're they're behaving and they're in a more neutral state because that's just not what we see. Well, because when they stand up, the energy's still there. Yes, it's just kinetic. Yeah. If you look up the word kinetic energy, that is, um, oh, I can't remember exactly, but it's it's potential energy, I think. Mm. And it's just, it's sitting in there like a shaken up Coca-Cola. Yeah, I mean, you know? sitting can do that too. Yes. Where they have energy and then they sit and it like just... It's like you're saying, it's like you're shaking up a can when they stand up. There's this more of an explosion of energy. Yeah. And so we don't like to ask dogs to sit because again, it's, I, I want to, I want to see that where your energy is at. And if it's not a neutral, then I'm just going to, I'm going to be guiding your energy to that. Maybe we get there. Maybe we won't, but I'm going to be working with you and engaging with you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, rather than giving you a directive that will to a degree just stifle the energy expression in a visual sense right for the time being. for the time being yeah so that's pretty odd because so many people default to sit which again is whatever that's your prerogative and that that what that's what brings you enjoyment or, or whatever but um for us again we want to visually see the dog's energy and how they can contain it or how they, they can't contain it well, it's, in a standing up situation. It also gives us more information. Yes. So when a dog sits, your input of information from the dog goes down of how much you can gather from them. And then something could happen. Whereas if they're standing and there's more outlet for that. We're also getting more information from the dog and how they're feeling and how if the dog's standing there and something new enters the environment, we can see if there are any changes. Whereas if a dog's sitting, you might not catch as much because their butt's on the ground. Yeah. And they could have a really good sit, but if they're standing... They spin around or this or that, you know, like for us, it's more of a skill for a dog to be able to stand and observe the environment rather than react to it. It's also like, I mean, this might not. Yeah. It is potentially a more insecure position because if something enters the environment, like a dog to come say hello and they sit, they're saying no. They're saying, I don't want... Their handshake is closed off. Yeah, they're saying, I don't want to shake your hand. Yeah. Instead of being able to greet 
the world yeah. a little bit better. Yeah. And so like, especially dogs that are insecure, we're not going to ask them to sit. We're always right. going to ask them to stand because they're more exposed right. and that to us is more potent. And if they like spook or if they have a big feeling or a small feeling, then we can guide them yeah. and help them realize that they don't need to have as much fear Yeah, instead of sitting or as they might have their it's like a false sense of security. Right. You know, they're they're safer because their blind spots on the ground. Their handshake right. is closed off and so they just are they have more practice sitting in that feeling being closed off than being open. And more and when we're working with dogs, we want them to feel more open to life. So that's just one little thing that we poke at and we guide them to do, which is not sit. And we don't ask dogs to sit for that and kind like of very most, reason. Most dogs that come to us have a really good sit. I mean, yeah. Doing step four in the gentle method is very challenging for people. <laughs> doing step four, <laughs> yeah. Because any pressure means sit. Right. Any pressure means sit. Or any they you stop sit. and they sit. Yeah. Or you give them praise and they sit. And we're like, let's unwind all that. Right. <laughs> you know? Um, we also, like, when we work with dogs... We don't, we have the, it be a lot of, we have the work be in motion. Yes. And really all, the only times that the dogs are sitting or laying down is when they're resting. Mm -hmm. And like with the pack, if it's a seasoned pack member, they can rest whenever they feel like it yeah, within they reason. Sit, they can lay down. Yeah. yeah if exactly. like, if it's free play, they can lay down, roll around, whatever. If it's in the van, you know, it's resting time in the home. It's resting time. But when it's working time, that's the majority of that is in motion. Yeah, and, it, or and having it, the dog if it's stand. if it's an insecure dog, they're they're not sitting, right? And they're not necessarily going to be laying down except for at lunchtime when it's time to rest. Right. And sometimes even then, we might not allow them to do that. Right. Um, it just depends on on the dog and the situation, and the age, and, and the age, and, being, and yeah. all of that stuff. But, um. But yeah, we, we like, we move energy. And we want to be able to see it. And we want to be able to see it. And so sitting for us, in short, just kind of closes off the, our ability to do that. And so we don't have dogs sit. So <laughs> anyways, so energy is not, in our opinion, something that you can teach. And I've heard Buck talk about this. When you're riding a horse, you got to learn how to feel them, feel their energy, and also move your energy around and direct your energy around. And he always says, like, that that's not something that he's going to be able to teach you. That's something that you have to learn. That's something you have to develop on your own over time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I guess that kind of encapsulates, you know, just building one's awareness of energy, period. Becoming more aware of feeling, becoming more aware of, of how those feelings change your energy, how life changes your energy. Then you can learn how to kind of project your energy and move your energy and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But... It's such a critical element to how we handle dogs. 
how we move through life. And, you know, when you, whenever I'm around Buck, whenever I'm around a clinic, it's the energy around it is just so wholesome. Um, and he can be pretty firm and sharp. But even in that situation, he, even in that circum, those circumstances, the energy still feels wholesome. Right. Um, it's coming from a good place. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, you know, when it comes to dog handling, when it comes to moving through life, like that is something that everyone has to, if they want to, everyone has to learn on their own. You know, you come to a workshop with us, you're going to have to go home and learn not just the mechanics, but there's energy behind the mechanics. There's energy in the mechanics that is just as important as the exercises themselves and and the skill themselves. And like a, a vehicle of that is feeling. Exactly. And so like, we'll get people who come to the workshop and maybe they'll write to us, who knows what, like six months down the road, two weeks down the road, a year down the road. And they're like, oh, my dog's like amazing. And these are green people. And we're like, I kind of just nod my head and I'm like, okay, cool. We'll see. And usually, you know, there's quite a bit of work still to, to, to come. And it's no offense to them, but it's it's not something that just comes overnight for a lot of people. Again, it's this a it's a thing that you learn and you develop. It's almost like a practice that you learn throughout your life. And you know, I've been doing this for thirteen years, working with dogs professionally. You could say. But you've been developing your energy. But I've been developing my energy and feeling that since I was 10, even before that, right. when we're like five or something like that. We have a 10, when you, when you, when I was 10 years old, that's when I learned my sit down meditation technique. But before that, there was a walking technique for younger kids. Um, so they'd be walking and thinking a mantra because little kids can't sit still, you know, (laughs) they got too much energy bubbling up and whatnot. Um, So energy is, that is such a big element to, to how we handle dogs. And and I feel like when I look at very successful people in, in life, you know, people who are able to navigate relationships with a multitude of different people, whether it's be whether it be in a company setting or um, different beings like dogs or horses or whatnot. You know, there's there's definitely an energy about them that is just as developed as their skill set in life. So it's almost like you there's the visual, there's the sensory things that you're developing and the skills that you're developing in life. But then there's also this element that's unseen and that's energy. Right. That also is so important. Yeah. Like you're saying, if someone comes to a workshop and they do the moves, you're not going to get a lot of results. 
just by doing the moves, you have to feel the dog. Yes. You have to adapt to the yes. dog. You have to feel what they're putting out, what you're putting out. That is a crucial element and to it. The people that reach out who are like, you know, I'm having all this success, they might be having, I'm sure they're having success in their goals, in what they're looking for. Um, because I think even if you take the basics of the gentle method, you can get a lot of work done. Oh, you, absolutely. You, people can see a lot of results from it, but there's a, there's, it's like, it's like swimming on the surface of the ocean. Like you're in the water and you're feeling it and you're feeling the, the power of the ocean, but maybe you, you're not diving deeper yeah. into the ocean. Yeah. And that, that's, you know, some people like to snorkel <laughs> and some people, some people just like to swim. And some people don't head. even like the ocean. Some people don't like the ocean. <laughs> some people like to scuba dive. Some people like to free dive. Some people like to right. go down in submarines. So it's the whole gambit is there. And you, you can know? experience the whole gambit to a degree. I mean. But the best dog handlers that I know are both skilled in their handling, but they also are feeling beings. They feel hard. Mm -hmm. Their energy is developed. Like it, they, they work just as hard on their energy and feeling that and being aware of that as they do their skill in life. Right. And moving through this manifested creation that you can see and feel and touch and so on and so forth and experience. Well, I feel like for me, I feel like working with dogs has developed that for me. Like it's been a huge part of developing my feeling of energy or just feeling of life is having that constant practice with something outside of my body right in a dog form in many dog forms and learning it there and then all of a sudden it bleeds into how i feel about my environment mm -hmm. or the people in the environment or like the city that we live in going bigger than that right oh i, I actually want to jump back to energy and in, in, in another way we were talking about it just popped into my head so i think one of the the inspirations for us to not have intense conversations whether it be about a dog or in life was because on multiple occasions i don't know about many but there's a few that i have in my head where we would have an intense conversation and then immediately after there would be a, a dog scuffle and I remember this vividly. So there was this one relationship that I was going through at the time. And um, there's two stories. <laughs> one relationship that I was going through um, and it was ending and it was pretty intense and tumultuous. And Juno had not ever had a health issue in my care. And during that week and a half, two week period of time, he started chewing on himself. Mm. Nothing had changed in his environment. Nothing had changed in his routine. His food. Everything was the same, except that energy mm. was terrible in our home. He literally started chewing, chewing on himself. 
And then the relationship ended, person moved out, and then he was fine. <laughs> and then another one, we were working with this dog. I was working with this dog, and I was going through another tumultuous kind of relationship um, with somebody that we were working with. Mm-hmm. And this person and I were talking and they were not in a very good place. I was maintaining myself and this had gone on for, for a little bit. And there was this dog that was around us Mm -hmm. and had not ever, ever shown any inclination to go after a human being before in any way, shape, or form. And this person that we like, I was talking with, and it was not so awesome coming from the energies, was not great. And they walked past me, and this dog nipped at their pants. Mm-hmm. Not ever, never seen it before. And this was, was like an older dog. And Was this when we were developing the gentle method? This was. Or was it before the gentle? Oh, it was before. Oh, okay. It was like right when we were, right when I was beginning to develop it. Mm. And one of the, that was one of the topics of hot debate because this person did not want to change the way we handled mm. dogs. Because they didn't believe in it. Mm -hmm. They're like, that works for horses. It's not going to work for dogs. Mm -hmm. They're different species, so on and so forth. So that was a part of the topic. But but anyways, it got, yeah, that that stood out vividly in my Mm -hmm. mind. Um, So again, those two things, and I think there was maybe a a couple other ones where I'm just like, okay, no more. (laughs) No more of that energy being around dogs because they they feel so hard. I mean, with like the health stuff, like we're, we're so aware of that. Like if anything comes up with Stitch or like dogs that we're close to, we immediately are like, well, what's going, like, has anything changed in the environment? Usually not. Maybe sometimes there's like a divorce or a new kid or whatever. Um, and that will like smooth out over time or not. But a lot of the times it's what the person's feeling. Like I know when Stitch would have like, he would get this rash in like the fall. And I took him to the vet and the vet was like, oh, it's just allergies. Um, I remember you being like, how are you feeling? Reflect on yourself. And I remember being like, hmm, I'm feeling pretty scattered or I'm feeling this, or I'm feeling, I'm not feeling like myself right now. And I think, like you're saying, you and I have just seen that so many times. Yes, we always In ourself, or maybe in people that are close to us, and we're like, okay, well, we get it. Yes, we understand. <laughs> like, there <laughs> is it. a correlation between our energy yeah. and what's going on with the dog i mean even like you're saying with the second story you gave like there were times way back when we were way less developed we didn't have the gentle method like it was just different um where if it depended on how i felt that day the days 
went smoothly depending on how I felt. If I was in a good mood, the day went great. If I was in a not good mood, the day was total crap. And like things just fell apart left and right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, life's kind of like a roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a reflection. Yeah, the world is as we are. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's a a quote that, that I grew up with hearing, the world is as you are, you know, so... It's a direct yeah. reflection of yourself. And dogs will just, they're very good at mirroring. <laughs> yeah. Extremely good at mirroring. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in that, that's, that's, I think, you know, I've been working on my energy for a long time and they also help me just become a better human being because of that, that mirror, you mm-hmm. know, but it's not something that just happens overnight. Like I'm not going to say, I'm not saying at workshops, like change your energy. <laughs> right. It's because it just doesn't. Right. Like I might say that, but I'm like in my head, it's it, like, that's going to take time. Yeah. Like that, 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 I don't think you even say that. You're just like. In so many words, right. but, but that's such a big factor in it, depending on what you want. You know, yeah. we, like depending on what level, again, coming back to the ocean analogy, you know, yeah. some people like to snorkel, some people like to scuba dive, et cetera, et cetera. So depending on, on what you're looking to do and accomplish in your relationship and, and how elevated you want to what get What you want that, to create around you. Yeah. Then, then energy and becoming really aware of that is, is going to be very beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It's interesting because we're not at home right now. We're in Colorado. And energy is all, sorry, energy is not something that you can fake either, especially not with dogs. Like energy is is maybe the most real thing on the planet. Like you can't lie to it. You right. can't lie about energy because it's, you, you're feeling it. It's energy, right? right. Um. And so when it comes to, to dog handling, if I'm, if I'm like suggesting this or that, you know, suggest energy shifting in, in a human when they're handling or whatever, that's going to take time. And it's not something that you can just try to turn or change because it's, it actually has to change. It's not just this mental click or switch that you turn or like a fake or if you're well that's what i mean you're the mental switch mm. that would be kind of you fake quote-unquote faking it but the real feeling is that's the real energy you know um so that's that's super important so are you saying that like you can't turn it off what do you mean like do you think you can turn off feeling I mean, you can numb it. No, but like, let's say you develop it. You develop feeling, which is like feeling energy. You develop feeling. I think once you develop it, do you think you can turn it off? That's a good question. No, I don't think that there's a reason for it. Why would you want to turn that off? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just... Well, I mean, I I think there's... I think a lot of people they might not even want to necessarily feel because i mean people numb themselves with this substance or this substance or this media or whatever because of the energy behind it 
they don't want to feel that energy, you know, um, which is understandable because yeah. again, coming back to the intensity levels that it can get to, it's pretty intense. Yeah. I mean, you it's know, especially like working with dogs in the way that we do and the really tough ones like that is so the energy is so intense. Mm hmm. And, and feeling that. Mm -hmm. And because I'm not just looking for the dog to do ABC, I'm sitting in that energy. With them. With them. That is very intense. Totally. Um, but for me, I, I wouldn't have it any other way because for, for us, the, it's a part of their physiology, right? I don't want it to stifle that energy with a correction or distract from the energy, mm -hmm. I want to get to know it. Mm -hmm. And I want the dog to get to know it and to learn to move with it and feel it and learn how to channel it and guide it to a better place. Right. Well, so that's very... Uh, like you said about feeling the dog and having it be a two-way street, that is connection. So it's like for us, like true connection is based on feeling and energy. And so if you take the feeling away, then you're kind of taking the connection away. Yes. Then you then you are taking the connection away for yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. And and the thing is like when we work with really challenging dogs or insecure dogs, feral dogs, et cetera, et cetera, like if you're if you want to connect with them. In our eyes, like if you want to help them, like you're going to have to connect with them. And connecting to them means you're going to feel the good and the bad. You're going to feel the good energy and you're also going to feel the nasty energy. Right. And most of the time, if it's a really challenging dog, it's pretty nasty energy. Right. And if you are a very strong person, then that energy might affect you. Mm -hmm. And then there goes the roller coaster of the up and down. Right. You know, that their energy is now affecting you and then kind of that's just what the the cookie crumbles you know the whole house of cards crumbles at that point or because now you are no longer neutral you're now affected um which again that's that energy that's that that learning energy and how to harness it how to feel it and how to move it. So important. Whether you're working with horses, whether you're working with people, whether you're working with dogs, whether you work, it's just. It's like getting comfortable in it so that when you come across a being that's not comfortable, you can be that for it. Yes. You can be in it. You can be in the storm with them, but you can show them a way to be. Instead of getting swept up into it with them. Exactly. Or not even entering the storm. Because. And they're knocking yes. and slamming on your door and you're like, my door is shut and locked. Yeah. Because you, you maybe you don't have the skill set to deal with that. You don't, because it's, it's overwhelming. You don't want to deal with it, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, because it is really challenging to deal with that. Or if you have a really that. intense dog, yeah, it's, it's so intense to work with dogs and to push them to poke at their fear because you're you're poking the beast right. and so if you got a really tough dog 
It's very intense energy. Yeah. Um, and like on that note, you know, I think, you know, we talked about off-leash dogs and <laughs> when Cole and I see off-leash dogs, our energy is like we have smiles on our faces. <laughs> And I think a lot of that is because we know how to handle those situations. It is, we are kind of an open door. Right. We're not closed off. Because right. if we need to deal with a situation, we'll deal with a situation. Right. But our initial response to off-leash dogs, our initial response to dogs, period, is a welcoming. It's open. Heartfelt open kind of feeling energy mm -hmm. not off-leash dog unknown dog closed off right and i've had i have every reason to have that feeling based on situations that i've been in with off-leash dogs right but i still don't have that closed off feeling right um but that's energy from coming at it from a different angle it's like what energy do you have as you move through life right and you're, with you encounter your dog. different things as you encounter different things like so many people as soon as they see an off-leash dog with their dog it's like their energy completely changes mm -hmm. and shifts to mm. this thing that's like ugh, or this, oh shit <laughs> or oh shit and it's that's just that uh, Again, that's that energy. Like, how are you, how does life affect your energy? Mm. How stirred do you get by things that you encounter in life? Whether you've got a dog attached to you or not. Totally. Um, and that, again, comes with time and skill and mm. learning to develop your confidence in handling different kinds of energy. And energy, like, different situations and circumstances but those different situations and circumstances and environments are energy if you look at it from an energetic standpoint it really can change the the playing ground right because you no longer look at things as an object coming towards you there's this off-leash dog it's like actually what if i looked at this as energy coming towards me right it might help change the way you view it and you're like wow i should learn how to handle that energy right or learn how to how to work with how it makes me feel yes yeah because again like it's like calling your dog you know dom or whatever you're putting that energy out there you're putting out there oh god here we go or ugh, get out of here yeah. you're putting that out there instead of putting out oh hey right here comes a dog and that's the energy that we have and like, I'm we sure really that, like, Stitch at dog parks and on walks has encountered dogs that are nasty. Oh, yes. I'm sure he has. Yes. But his... Well, I mean, people are like, oh, <laughs> right. my dog doesn't normally say hi to other dogs. Right. Or, oh, wow, that went well. Right. <laughs> and, and the thing is, is that it's not like we're ignorant. Right. That's the other thing. It's like not like we're just walking around with our heads <laughs> in the clouds, you know. It's it's different than that. It's just we walk around with an energy and confidence to handle a situation right. because I've been in those situations. It just hasn't jaded me right. to want to hate off-leash dogs or despise dog parks or 
whatever. I mean, because again, that would be energy. Right. That I'm now walking around with. I'm walking around with disdain for something, and、mm-hmm. I don't want that energy to be a part of my life. Because if disdain is a part of my life, it's probably going to be a part of the being that is looking to me for guidance and to me as a role model. Right. And I don't want to be something that is judgment, a being or a guide or a role model that's judgmental or this and that. Like I'll have my opinions on things. Definitely,、um, I definitely express those a little more. In workshops, <laughs> but、uh, I mean, we're doing a podcast now, so I'm sure they'll come out more. But those are those are、um, feelings that I may have and 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 whatnot. But I'm not going. It stops it with me. You know, it stops with me. It doesn't go towards. I expect other people to change. It's like no, you, you can be you. I just don't want that in my life. Right. You know. I respect who you are and the decisions you're making in life, but I'm not going to make those decisions. But you can do that over there. Yeah, or like we may see a dog that we're we see and we're like, wow, that's a really challenging dog. That's there's a lot of work to be done there.、Mm-hmm. But we're not judging the person,、yeah. or we're not expecting anything of the person. We're just like there's an observation, and then an open door to help,、yeah. and that's it. And that's it. Yeah, that's we're it. not. Yeah, we're not walking around, or even yeah, amidst our amongst ourselves, not judging people, having conversations and talking bad about this person. I mean, bad, you won't like, even just... you don't tell me anything. John is like the least gossipy person. <laughs> like big things will happen in his family, and I won't know until they tell me. Yeah, and they're like, "Why didn't John tell you?" And I'm like, "Because he doesn't talk about other people." <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so that's a that's a big thing.、Uh, Just like we don't say hate. Yeah, we don't I, use like, that word. We're not. I don't say like I hate that or I、right. hate that person. Like, yeah, because it's a charged and it's an intense yeah, that word's, word. That word's very big. It's a big. It's a big word. That's a big word. <laughs> it's a very big word. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So for us again, like energy is is really, it comes in. There's so many levels to it, so many facets to it, and I hope this conversation、uh, is highlighting some maybe some areas where you didn't、um, think about energy in that way. Or like maybe moving forward, like play with it. Like a lot of it is just experimentation. How does this make me feel?、Yeah. How does the dog feel? How does the environment feel?、Mm-hmm. Like the human that I have a relationship with, how do they feel? But the 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 tricky thing with that, the 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 interesting thing with that is that at some point, like somebody would could listen to this podcast and be like, okay, this doesn't make me feel good. I'm going to move away from that. This doesn't make me feel good. I'm going to move away from that. This doesn't make me feel good. I'm going to move away from that. And they they do that for a period of time and build your ability to feel、mm-hmm. and fill your cup up with things that f- make you feel good. But at some point, you're going to need to learn. Maybe if you choose. 
to learn how to deal with things that don't feel good. Yeah. And manage that. We were just talking about this. Yeah. As you experience things, as you as you maybe play around with this, build your have your cup overflow with making choices that feel good. But then play around with testing your ability to maintain feeling good while handling things that don't feel good. Right. That's tricky. That's that's challenging. Yeah. But also pretty I mean fun. it's and I you know, it's a balance between the two. Yes, I'm because not gonna- you and I make choices in life like we don't live in a city. We live in the country. And we could say, oh, we should go live in the city to feel that. Well, I did live in a city for six years. I know. I grew up in a city. Yeah. But like you could say, just like, go be in that then. Yes. But we're making a choice to not because Correct. of how it feels. Yes. And no offense to cities. No, it's, to just, each, it's just how it feels to us. Yeah. To each their own. Yeah. Um, but like for us living in a city, like we, we did live in a city. Oregon Tales was founded in a city we didn't move to the country until like seven years ago seven years ago so i had seven years six years in the city building oregon tales and it's challenging like if we're talking about energy which we are there is so much energy flying around the, like cities. <laughs> it's it is nuts the amount of energy mm. flying around. Um, and it's interesting as we travel because we're spending time in a multitude in of a multitude cities. of different places for you know a couple of days or for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And getting to sit in the energy of different locations. And yeah. you could look at it between like country and city, but even different cities feel different. Yes. Or different countries, like living in the country or a smaller town, they feel different. Yeah. And that yeah. is very interesting to feel. It's very interesting. Yeah. So it's not like we're, you know, we're not saying like, lean in completely to all that is all the bad quote unquote bad feelings and we're also not saying try to live in a bubble of just good feelings good feelings right. like you're like life is both life is both quote unquote good energy and bad energy good and bad <laughs> good and evil <laughs> <laughs> um and it learning to live in that but be quote unquote above it not have it affect you you know that to me is my goal is to get stronger and stronger in myself as a person to where i'm able to move through life and nothing affects me and not in a dull way right but it's just a way that you've i've transcended it right i still feel all the things and do all the things in life but there's just this level of awareness of being that is above that do you, you think know? that when you hit that point you can like if we're talking about location let's say where you hit a point where you're like okay i can be anywhere and it's okay like it all is the same or it all feels whatever 
do you think that at that point you can go, you can find a place that feels best to you? You're like, yes, I can be in New York and I could live in New York. I could live in LA. I could live in Fairfield, Iowa. I could live in wherever. Yeah, I think it would but just- But then you're like, oh, but this one's my favorite. Yeah. I think at some point, like everyone's just going to have preferences in life. Right. You know, some people are going to prefer living in a city that's going to fill their cup up. Right. right? But when they choose that, when you get to a certain point, it doesn't affect you, you know? Right. That's- that's to me again with where I'm looking to get to. So for example with that, it would be like you live in a city, but you go you can go to the country and you you're the same. Yeah. Or you could go to an island and like a, on a beach and on an island and you feel right. the same. Yeah. 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 So I guess on that note we'll go ahead and conclude this topic on energy. I mean, it's a such a massive topic. It's massive. I hope we didn't jump around <laughs> too much. Right. Because <laughs> there's just so much within yeah. it. Yeah. But we hope you enjoyed it. And maybe it's, we'll hope you think in a different way about this or that. Um, or feel in a different way. Yeah. Yep. Feel energy in a different way or look at it in a different way. Um, but we definitely hope that relieving your energy with a with curiosity or inspiration. So thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you again soon. Share time with you again soon.